Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Well, today we've got a topic for you that's probably both frustrating and fun. After all, we've all lost or misplaced something in our lives. Chances are you've done that more than a few times. It's part of the nature of this world. When you discover something is missing, it can be frustrating, annoying, and even scary. Sometimes we lose something inconsequential, maybe something we were going to toss anyway, but it disappears before we threw it in the trash can. In those cases, we probably wouldn't even give it much of a thought. We might be grateful thinking that someone else must have thrown it out for us. But we've all had those times when we've misplaced or lost something important, a driver's license, a cell phone, house keys, a credit card, (laughs) a receipt for a defective computer we have to return, a signed contract, a wedding ring, driving glasses, a diamond earring, or even a contract contact lens, or a contract for that matter. Frantically looking for something could make you feel like you've lost your mind as well. Oh, that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, most of the times we look for what we've lost, perhaps diligently retrace our steps to its last known location, and along the way, voila, we find it. Other times, we discover that someone else picked it up by mistake or borrowed it or moved it without our knowledge, And all is well that ends well. Amen. (laughs) But what happens when the missing object doesn't turn up? It's nowhere to be found. You might even enlist a pair or two of other eyes to look for it. But everyone comes up empty-handed. What to do then? Well, what can we do when traditional means don't bring about the results we seek? Have a miracle, of course. If you're up against the wall, it's definitely time for a miracle. Or you can save yourself a lot of time and effort and be proactive and ask for a miracle in the first place. So our show today is about lost and found miracles. We're going to explore the miracles that we and others have experienced when something important was lost and a miracle brought it back. I'm lost. (laughs) And now I'm found, yes. (laughs) Well, size really doesn't matter when it comes to miracles, but I want to start off with what I would consider one of the bigger lost and found miracles of my life. In fact, every morning when we're at home, I turn on a colorful string of Christmas lights I have draped across the mantel over the fireplace in the living room in deep gratitude for my lost and found miracle. I've been doing that ever since the first time I lost Michael for good, but then miraculously I found him again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was when Michael died for the second time but came back. 
Michael's first near-death experience happened when I was on an errand, and he was already back when I returned home. His second time was probably the hardest one for me because after his near-death experience and his return, it took him the better part of about, oh, three years to fully return to life here on Earth. So for me, he was lost for a while, and then, miraculously, he was found again. Of course, no one really dies and is lost. We are all eternal spirit. Yet, to the human part of us, when our life partner we love departs from this world, even for a little while, it more often than not feels like a huge loss. So in a way, I've had to go to my own lost and found department each time he has his near-death experiences. Hopefully, he's done with those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> his near-death. Yes. <laughs> Yet each time he departed, that sense of loss diminished, and my certainty in, in his eternal life grew in a big way. All five times, of course, have been lost and found miracles to me. Well, that type of lost and found miracle puts other lost and found experiences in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> Even though we might each experience that the person or the object is lost, it isn't the person or object that is lost. For example, I was never lost. <laughs> but to Raphael and others, my physical presence was not here for a while. It's not too unlike the experience we might have of beloved friends who are still alive and well somewhere in the world, but we can no longer physically be with them. And sometimes we know we won't be with them physically again. They aren't lost, but we may grieve their physical absence as a loss to us. We've lost our attachment to that person. Having that person right there and we can touch them, hold them and say, hey, (laughs) you're in my way (laughs) but the moment we become aware in spirit and that the spirit of that person or dog or whatever is still alive and well and able to communicate with us our experience of loss begins to diminish as we grow in our certainty in spirit that experience of loss disappears and is replaced by the reality of our eternal spirit life. When a person dies, we believe that the person is gone forever, at least from this world. When we lose an object and cannot find it, even after looking for it rigorously, we might feel that it is lost forever. If what we believe was lost from us for good reappears to us, most of us will consider it some kind of miracle. Yet the lost and found miracle isn't only for when the missing object is found. Often, even when the object isn't found, a miracle is still happening. Sometimes, not finding the lost object or person may be the real miracle. One such miracle was told to us by our good friend Wayne Peterson, who passed away from this world three days before our beloved Great Pyrenees, Shanti, made her exit. His was an extraordinary story that happened years ago 
to a friend of his when Wayne was still in the diplomatic corps of the United States as the director of the Fulbright Scholarship Program. Wayne's friend was chosen to represent the U.S. and was to give one of the keynotes at the G8 summit that year. This was quite a few years ago. It was to be the most important speech he was to give up to that point in his career. Needless to say, he was extremely nervous and took painstaking care over the writing and preparations for his speech. When he completed his long speech and it was professionally transcribed, he carefully stored it in his special briefcase that he designated only for his next major speech. He had this special briefcase, Wayne told us, that had a double combination lock, two different locks on either side, you know, the kind that snaps on, but each one had three numbers, and each of those three numbers were different from each other. (laughs) And then, so he would put his copy of his speech, finished speech, typewritten and everything, into the briefcase, and the briefcase only contained the speech a couple of pencils and pens and a calculator, About that's about it. Just what he needed for the speech and looking it over and everything. Locked it up completely. He's the only one with the combination. Puts it in his vault. He had a, a vault in his apartment, secret hidden vault in his apartment. And um, the vault was locked and only he had the combination of the vault. Okay, so he triple-checked the lock, briefcase, the vault, everything. And he lived in his Washington, D.C. apartment by himself. He wasn't married. He didn't have anybody else, roommates or anything. And so nobody else was in his apartment. Puts it away at night, goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning, gets ready, unlocks the vault, takes out his briefcase, takes it to the airplane and everything. Well, Once he was on board the flight, cruising altitude and everything, he relaxes and he goes, okay, I better study the speech and really prepare again. Well, he opens his previously locked briefcase and he discovers that the entire manuscript of his speech was gone. (laughs) Zip. (laughs) Gone without a trace. Not even one piece of paper. No one could have possibly stolen it. What happened? It was locked in a briefcase inside of a vault. And he was there the entire time. Nobody else came in out, you know, unless they were ninjas in the middle of the night and didn't wake him up and somehow went through all those combinations to open everything. His briefcase hasn't been out of his sight from the apartment to where he was sitting in the airplane. He was already at cruising altitude. Oh, plus, this was before, you know, TSA, uh, uh, 9-11, everything. And so the, the security checks security checks were not as stringent as they are today. So he didn't have to part with his briefcase during the boarding and everything. He was cruising at the altitude in a transatlantic jetliner going to Europe. There was not anything he could do about his missing speech. However, not only was the speech gone, lo and behold, in its place, he found a paper book, paperback book that Wayne had given to him some months before. (laughs) It 
was a metaphysical book about some messages from a master of wisdom. Wayne's friend was a straight arrow in politics, not interested in the least about metaphysics or some message from some so-called ascended master in spirit. So when Wayne gave him the book, he immediately threw it on a shelf in a closet, back of a closet, he said, at his apartment because he had no interest in ever reading it. How did that book end up replacing his speech? Well, in shock and disbelief, partly in an attempt to distract himself from the panic of losing the most important speech of his career, he picked up the book and started to kind of read it. Well, once he started reading it, there was something in that book that really grabbed his attention. It, there was a lot of the messages was on economics. So, interestingly enough, normally that's not a topic in a metaphysical book uh, by an ascended master. <laughs> okay, so he ended up reading the book cover to cover, making notes in it. Once he read the book, he realized that what he had written for his speech was all wrong. What he read in the book showed him clearly what he had to speak about instead on behalf of the United States to the world leaders who would be at the G8 summit. So he furiously began to handwrite a new speech before he would arrive at the destination country. He just wrote and wrote and wrote and he edited as best as he could, and but he knew he wouldn't have had time to get it typewritten or anything. So he just did it the best he could, and he would have to give the speech the next day by the seat of his pants. He was already starting to think about <laughs> what he would have to do if he were to be fired from his lofty position in the State Department for failing this mission. So he was preparing, you know, he's doing the best he can with the speech, but he's also preparing, well, this might be a total flop. Well, to his complete surprise, when Wayne's friend finished delivering his almost impromptu speech, he received a standing ovation. That's not usually what you get in one of these kinds of major summits. Immediately after he got off the stage, he was handed a royal invitation to a private audience with the queen of the host nation for brunch the next morning. When he met with the queen and there were several other high-ranking officials he recognized from the summit, the queen praised him for his extraordinary speech and asked him where he got his ideas from. Yes, a deep and meaningful conversation ensued after that. What an incredible story. Well, it's time for our first break, but before we go on our brief break, I wanted to let you know that we are teaching our new teleclass this Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. It will be on your clairsentience, sorting out what you feel. You will learn about your soul ability to feel energy, others' emotions, whether a place is safe or not, and so much more, especially for those of you who have always been extra sensitive to others' energies, it's important to learn how you can better manage your clairsentience ability. 
For one thing, you will feel a lot better when you do. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or sign up by calling our office at 1-530-926-2650 during normal business hours Pacific time Monday to Friday and talk to our wonderful assistant Noelle and if she doesn't answer leave her a message and she will get back to you. We'll be back right away and we'll talk more about lost and found miracles. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to face changes in your life? For many, that answer might be no, not yet, or never. Whether positive or negative, moving forward or stepping back, change is the one important constant in our life. Learn how to deal with change on A New You with host Liz Tupling. The show will help you move through personal transformation by providing a GPS, if you will, to guide you on the journey to your better self. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Put something special into your weekend. Listen to Living Your Limitless Life with host Carol Deshane, the founder of Connect to Joy. You can transform your life with new ways of looking at joy, peace, freedom, and prosperity, as well as guided meditations and visualizations. It's time to break free from your limitations and create the best vision of your life. What better time than the weekend or right now on demand? Living Your Limitless Life can be heard Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get back to Lost and Found Miracles. Just before the break, Michael was talking about a friend of our friend Wayne Peterson and his amazing miracle of having his speech in a locked suitcase or briefcase uh, replaced with a book. Do you want to go ahead and continue that story? Uh, by the way, Raphael, where's my pen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, where's my head? <laughs> we have that conversation a lot at home. <laughs> did you see my keys? <laughs> so it's a daily thing. Where did I put my wallet? Anyway, 
yes, the story about Wayne's friend, this was an amazing miracle, right? I mean, it's no matter which way you look at it, it's a miracle. Whether you like it or not, it's, it is. It's just couldn't happen any other way. But as amazing as the miracle as this was, I'm pretty sure it's not the kind of miracle that Wayne's friend initially hoped for when he first discovered his speech was gone. I'm sure the miracle he was hoping for is, I want that speech to reappear. (laughs) But he couldn't have had his real miracle unless the speech was gone. Miracles come in many forms. And like this man, we have to pay attention and follow the inner guidance from spirit if we are to lead to their unveiling. For Wayne's friend, the situation was set up in such a way that he really couldn't do much else, right? You're in, you're flying 38,000 feet above the ground in a, you know, basically you're a prisoner <laughs> in the airplane until you land. You can't just jump out or anything. And back then, you know, you couldn't make phone calls. So you're kind of stuck. You couldn't get to anybody saying, hey, would you look for my missing manuscript? So it was kind of good. He just had to decide, well, there's nothing I can do about it right now. He gave it up. And I'm sure he was just in total panic. So he's just going, I got to do something. I can't just sit here for the next nine hours or whatever, 12 hours, to just sit here and stare at the wall and, and be upset. So he, he goes, but how did this book get in here? He recognized the book after a while. At first, he didn't know what, what kind of book was this. But then he realized, oh, yeah, Wayne gave me this book you know, a few months ago. Not interested, still not interested, but you know, something to take my attention off of this panicking <laughs> situation. So, so he reads it, and then, ah, oh, this book is good. It's exactly what he needed to think about and, and change his perspective on what he was going to be talking about, which had to do with economics and all of that. But this spiritual master who gave this message in this book gave him new insight, a new way to look at the situation he needed to address. Isn't that amazing how, boom, uh, of all the books in the world, this is the one he ended up with. And this is Wayne giving it to him like three months before. It wasn't about, here, you should read this for the speech. No. It was just a book he thought he might uh, benefit from. So, miracles show up when we don't get stuck in our expectations of what is supposed to happen, what we want to happen, and our reactions to something being unacceptable or even horrible, right? So, so in one way or another, this man was able to let it go and not be stuck on it, at least, okay, I'm just going to, there's nothing I can do. Guess what? When, when we get to that place of I've tried everything or there's absolutely nothing I can do about it right now, we finally tend to let go of our control and just go, okay, well, I'm just going to let it, let it be. So don't get stuck 
if you lost something important to you, that the only miracle is if you get it right back. Sometimes that is the miracle, that it's gone. At other times, not getting it back is the miracle. We have to pay attention to our inner intuitive knowing and see what unfolds for us. I've had so many lost and found incidences in my life. I wanted to share a couple of them with you. Um, One of them is long before I got my training and I was uh, working an hourly job. So something that cost $89 at the time in the early 80s, $89 was probably if you multiply it by, I don't know. Inflation. (laughs) Inflation since then. It would have been... You know, that's what it was worth to me. And that was a, a pair of sunglasses. I always liked to wear sunglasses when I drove. And at the time, I always kept my sunglasses in the same place in my car, as I still do. One day I got in my car and it just wasn't there. And it was my third pair of sunglasses. I got expensive ones because I have very sensitive eyes. And I was a little upset with myself for perhaps being careless with them. But I had my certainty. I left them right here when I pulled my car in the last time. So I remember sitting in the seat for a moment. I had no tools like I do now. And I just closed my eyes and said, Spirit, please send back my sunglasses. I waited for about a minute. I opened my eyes and I looked at the place where it was supposed to be. And there it was. Now that's like a manifestation uh, experience, you know, you visualize something and it happens. And perhaps my energy without knowing it was just in that right state of being in present time, being in certainty, and the fact that perhaps my sunglasses went up on the astral or something <laughs> that caused them to be lost in the first place. Some spirit kindly obliged me by putting it back there. So I was very grateful. So one of the things I've always learned whenever I get a lost object back is to be grateful and thank Spirit for helping me to accomplish that. Another experience I had was the uh, disappearing and reappearing backpack. I had this lovely old leather backpack, and this was before backpacks got really sophisticated like they are now. And I think it was about in in 1979 when this happened. And I had this uh, backpack. And what I would do is I would put it, at the time I worked in a grocery store, and I would put it at my check stand right there by my feet. And this one day I stepped away from my check stand for less than 30 seconds to grab a bag of dog food to put in someone's cart. Literally uh, 30 seconds. When I came back, my backpack was gone. And fortunately, many years earlier, I had uh, a friend of mine who told me, if you ever get your purse stolen, always look in a garbage can for it. So, of course, as soon as I went on break, that's what I did. I went in the ladies' room first, and there it was. So that wasn't exactly a miracle, but it was kind of a miracle that I had had a friend eight years before so that had told me that, and I remembered. So I got my backpack back. Um, Hmm. Of course, it was missing the... Uh, approximately $80 that I had gotten out of the, uh, from the bank. I had my brother visiting that weekend and I was going to take him out to dinner. So I lost that money. 
But it was one of those you just have to sometimes let things go. If someone needed that $80 more than I did, well, I didn't want to have to cry over it. So on I went. And then a number of years later, I was at a, uh, I pulled into a uh, nightclub where I had a, this was a long time ago, it was before Michael, of course, I had a, a sort of a boyfriend there and I pulled in and I had the intuition that maybe I should get my money out of my backpack, the same backpack, which was behind my seat in my van, which I did and I put it in my pocket and I left the backpack in the car and I stepped out and I was um, confronted by three men, one of whom had a gun and they proceeded to rob me. And what they wanted was my purse. And I said, well, I don't have a purse. I have a backpack. And I reached over for it and handed it to them. And that was that. It was very traumatic. I went into the bar. They called the police. I found out this was the third time this had happened in this parking lot. I wasn't the first victim, quote unquote. And this time I just, because I knew this backpack had a history of coming back to me, I figured it would probably come back to me. And sure enough, about a week later, it did. And nothing was missing out of it this time. So that's a little bit different in the sense of um, somebody actually did the work uh, to, to get the guys who were stealing from people. But for me, it was a miracle that this backpack kept coming back to me and I called it my bounce back backpack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't matter how it comes back. Uh, it's still a miracle if, if you know, uh, the chances of something like that being found and, and whatnot, yeah, yes, it it's maybe a little bit more, there's more chance of that just happening naturally because uh, then, then, you know, you're, Speech that's locked and double locked and triple locked, (laughs) (laughs) disappearing out of nowhere and being replaced by a book. (laughs) Exactly. And um, I have another one that's not exactly lost and found, but it's it's sort of like it. And that is um, for many, many years, Michael and I, we still do give retreats and seminars, weekends and so on. But for, I don't know, 25 years, we gave these retreats where I actually went out, bought the food, and would uh, cook the food and, and serve it to our people during the course of, of our weekend or our three-day retreats. And one of my favorite things that I learned how to do is when I had a key ingredient I needed for something, let's say I needed some frozen uh, rolled-out dough, you know, like what you put inside of a pie pan, and you, you get to that department and it's not there. They don't have it. And so when you're on a trip, what I had to do, especially when we were in Mount Shasta, I had to drive a, a three-hour round trip to this special set of stores. And if the stores didn't have the item, then I would be I would have to start looking around for it. So instead of having to go to another store or worry about that, what I would do is I would go to that department, let's say the the freezer section, and I would rifle through, and it it definitely wasn't there. And this one time, the first time this actually happened, it was frozen dough I was looking for. So I went back once, and then I went back a second time, rifled through, and 
I continued my shopping, and this time I just had an image of the exact dough I wanted and what the package looked like. And I went back, and sure enough, it was like somebody had come by and just thrown it on top of the other uh, frozen items. It was my exact uh, box of that dough that I wanted. So it wasn't that I lost it. It was that I needed it. So it was... uh, a nice shortcut, I would say. So, and this is something I I even have done recently where if if I need something, I'll go away from that, um, and it's not there, I'll go away from that aisle and then come. I'll double back around. And nine times out of ten, it will be there when I come back. It's a fun yes. trick. Yeah, you don't have to lose it first. <laughs> if you... If you need something, it's it's not there, so so then you can find it. That's that's still a lost and found kind of a miracle. It's really amazing. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm remembering when I was in high school. I was at a football game, and uh, uh, this one girl, uh, I knew her somewhat. We weren't real close or anything, but uh, we were friendly, and just very cute. <laughs> which gives you incentive, right? Of course. <laughs> so all of a sudden, uh, during halftime or something, um, there's a break in the game, and, and then um, we're on the bleachers, and she goes, oh, no, my contact lens is missing. My right, or I think it was the right contact lens is missing. <laughs> we're outdoors. You know, it's one of those high school bleachers, and, and uh, uh And it's all grassy field. The whole football field is open. It's a little bit breezy, occasional wind. And she says, I don't know where it is. And, okay, I'm I'm going, okay, how, when did you notice uh, that you had it on for last time? And she goes, oh, I I know I had it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now it's, it's gone. Well, I found it. On the football field. <laughs> After looking for about, I'd say, no more than five minutes. Well, that's using your psychic abilities, isn't it? That's so cool. I have also a contact lens story like that as well. Well, it's time for a second break, so mark your calendars. If you haven't already, Friday, April 3rd through Sunday, April 5th, you can visit us in person at our Living the Miracle Radio Booth number 329 at the New Living Expo to be held at the San Mateo Event Center in San Mateo, California. Actually, it might be across from that one. Make sure to come on Friday for a special treat as Michael will give a free 45-minute lecture at 6 p.m. in Room 1 at the Expo, and that talk is going to be on Clairvoyance, Seeing Truth and Living Joyously. For all the information about the about the expo, go to their website at newlivingexpo.com. We truly hope to see you there. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of lost and found miracles. See you in a couple of minutes. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Want to make positive changes in your life? 
Explore mindfulness with host Rusty Williams on Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. People from all walks of life use hypnosis and mindfulness to overcome problems and increase positivity. It's time to take back control of your own life and make it more productive. Tune in for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully, live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Dr. Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a stimulating, encouraging environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you aware that each one of us was born with a mission? A sense of purpose. Even if you don't know it yet, it will reveal itself. Pay attention to the clues that will lead you to uncover your mission. Listen to Mission Possible program with host Carol Ann Fernandez. Along with some amazing guests, Carol Ann seeks to help you along the journey to manifest your mission. It's time to unleash your greater potential. Mission Possible program airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. What happens when you've lost or misplaced something important and you need a miracle to retrieve it. For those of you just joining us today, we've been exploring lost and found miracles. Michael was talking about finding a lost contact lens that blew out of someone's eye onto a football field. Michael, did you want to talk a little more about that? Yeah. You know, I thought of that one because, and and right before the break, Raphael said, yeah, you were using your psychic abilities. Well, it's all. A miracle happens because you're using your psychic abilities, because your psychic abilities are abilities of the soul, not the body or not the intellect, but it's the ability of the soul, spirit abilities. And so anything that happens that's miraculous, ah, that's that happens because you're tapping into the allness of spirit. Anything is possible. Nothing's impossible. It's limitless. Eternal. It's not bound by time and space. Ah, that's what a miracle is, isn't it? It doesn't happen in a logical sort of whatever we call logical order in this right sequence of things. It just pops up like out of time. Yeah, because it, it comes from the timeless. It comes from spirit. So the only way we can have a miracle, so when we are when we've lost or in like in Raphael's cases, you know, something it's not lost, but you just need to find it. <laughs> you need something. You're looking for it. Well, and 
in those situations where, yeah, there's not a regular, traditional, by-the-book way of getting it. Or you've tried all those traditional ways and, and still it's not there. What can you do? Like in this case of the uh, contact lens, it's almost ridiculous, isn't it? Contact lens is clear and you have a football field. It's bigger than the football field, you know, because that's where the players are playing. But there's all this grassy area. It's everything's outdoors. And this girl had no idea where she lost it. So she knew I was walking to the bleachers and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, there was something going on with my eyes. So I was fiddling with it. Maybe that's when I lost it, you know. So where were you when that happened? Uh, sort of over there, very vague, you know, just have no clue where it was lost. I found it within, it was definitely less than 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes, somewhere in that range of looking. This was before I had my formal training, psychic training. And so what did I do? I just, I just tuned into, okay, where could it be? I asked that question. Where would her, you know, right... Uh, uh, contact lens have fallen and so I just felt like go that way and then I went that way and I got on my hands and knees and I'm looking and then all of a sudden the sunlight it was a very sunny day there's something shiny and I looked there and there it was it's the concave side of the lens facing up on a bunch of uh, grass it was perched up on the grass so the sun hit it just right to make it shine like out of the ordinary uh, out of everything else that's green around it and that's how i found it and so oh, there it is here you know and hey what a great way to make points with a cute girl right yeah absolutely <laughs> so so then but it's it's it was a joyous occasion it's because it's so funny you know how do you find a clear little tiny contact lens on a football field and obviously, we would say it's a miracle, right, that you found it. So then all these other things, whenever I've found things that I lost, I remember that it's, it's always teaching me a lesson. It's not just about, I, oh, good, thank God I found this. This is really important. Because a lot of times, you know, the thing that, that was returned to me, and sometimes, like Raphael's backpack, I told the story about my wedding ring <laughs> three times and losing it, totally losing it. Once on a, uh, on a beach, all sandy beach, miles long <laughs> in Southern California. <laughs> when, when my son said, you know, shall we go back and look for it? Because I knew it must have happened when the boys were burying me in the sand <laughs> i said forget it i mean it's not even gonna we we don't even know where to start looking for it right and uh, another time was you know on an island in the middle of the uh, you know uh polynesia french right polynesia. after we got married actually <laughs> <laughs> right after we got married and another time was in in and around our swimming pool backyard whatever and none of the times did I find the ring? Was the ring returned to me where I lost it? 
completely different places, completely different countries, completely different, you know, locations, everything. So obviously a miracle. And yes, I, I definitely did want to have my ring back. But more than that, the miracle taught me, you know, oh, it's it's when you let it go. If you're holding on to it, it's hard for it to come back. Ah, so each time I ever got my either finding somebody else's object or, or mine or whatever, every time that came back, I didn't have that attachment to it. I, I'm, I've already let it go saying, well, it's lost, you know. But at the same time, I didn't close that door. A lot of people do that. It's either or. Many people look at lost and found as either or. Okay, I've tried every way, everything to do to find the thing, and I couldn't find it. It's gone. It's not coming back. The end. And people say they want closure. Okay, I know it's not coming back, so I'm not going to look for it anymore. Finally, since I have my total certainty it's not coming back, I'm going to let it go. But that's not the way it works. If you let it go, there is that option. There is that possibility of it returning. It's when you don't let it go that it is hard for it to come back. So what I've learned in when I do lose something, when I do misplay something or something's gone, and I go through my you know, the tr- more traditional way of, okay, where did I put it? Okay, let's go and look there and look under this, open that box, you know, sweep the floor, everything. But then when it looks like, hey, I'm not finding it. It's nowhere to be found. I get help from other people. They can't find it. Okay, now, definitely, it's time for a miracle. <laughs> but it's not either or. It's either a miracle or not. No. When I... Fine, especially when I misplace a, a important thing. Then, immediately, before I start going through the normal channels, I just go, okay, I go to spirit, all right, I would like to have this back. But at the same time, I also release it from my clutches, from my mental, emotional clutches. I go, okay, I do you know, need to have this back, but... If I have to go through, okay, if I don't get it back, if I don't find it, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to, you know, even stay upset about it. I have to let that go. And the sooner I can do that, so the two things, first I turn to spirit and go, turns to spirit inwardly, right? Spirit is within. I turn to spirit within myself and go, okay, I would like this back. And... Then I also go, okay, if I don't get it back, well, I'm totally okay with that. I'm letting it go. So I start to let go of all the thoughts and all the images, all the reactions of, no, 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 it has to be, and being obsessing about it and everything else. I just let all that go. Then ah, I have the best chance of being able to receive it. One of the other things in that letting go process is forgiving yourself for losing it. Yes. Or even forgiving, if it's a stolen object, which often happens, Mm -hmm. is forgiving that person who stole it from you. Because 
you probably owed them some kind of karma or something like that. And, you know, occasionally objects don't come back. Mm-hmm. And that was that's what makes this so much fun is that if you've let it go and it doesn't come back, it's okay. Yep. It's already okay. Your your life isn't dependent on it doing one or the other thing. And the more you can let it go, just like that guy in the airplane, you know, in his own way, because he couldn't see any way out of it, he just let it go at least. And that's when this miracle started to happen. So, and that's been my experience with every time uh, that something came back to me, that type of miracle, the actually finding what was missing, um, is after I let it go and after I tune into spirit, go, okay, I would like this, but if if you can't give it back to me, fine, you know, life goes on. I I also start to create. It's it, it miracles involve creativity. It's your spiritual being, so you're limitlessly creative. And and of course, the imagination is the first step of creating anything. If you can't imagine it, you're not going to create it. So use your imagination freely and just go okay. And that's even when I was a little kid. Well, especially in some ways when I was a little kid. You know, I used my imagination for everything. If I didn't know, nobody told me how to do something, nobody said go there, do this, whatever, I just used my imagination and go, okay, huh, how can I do this? I'll try this. It's, it's, it was a fun, like a game. And that's another thing, is miracles are fun. Miracles, like I mentioned before, the word mirror. The root word for miracle mirror means something like makes you smile, right? And so that's my experience of every miracle of any kind makes me smile, makes me laugh, makes me joyous. It's it's fun. And so if we put ourselves into that joyous place, which some of you might say, oh, that's impossible because if I lose something important, my, you know, my future is riding on it, I'm going to be hysterical. I'm going to be you know, uh, uh, suffering. I'm, I'm going to be angry, upset, frustrated, whatever. Yes, we all have those reactions. But those are just reactions, mechanical. So we can stop ourselves. We can ground. Ah, that connection from the first chakra to the center of the earth that we've Uh, talked about many times on our show. Ah, yeah, imagine that connection from the first chakra to the center of the earth and first ground yourself. And when it has to do with a known missing object, a ring, computer, you know, wallet, backpack, it doesn't matter what it is, ground the object as well in in your mind's eye, in your imagination. Imagine that object just like, remember, Raphael said when she got that dough she needed. She imagined the exact packaging, the exact brand, everything. She can see it clearly. That's one of the keys to the miracle, too, is when you can see it clearly. And so imagine that object that's lost and ground the object. Same way, tree trunk or post from the object right down to the center of the earth. What does that do? It gives it a clear space. It gives it a location, so to speak. Relativity. Everything is relative in this world. 
And and so when you ground the object in your mind, ah, you're giving it a clear location. It's almost like um, pinging, you know, the submarines ping, echolocation, dolphins do that, is you're pinging the thing. And I think that's what I did naturally when I found that girl's contact lens. I pinged it and go, okay, there it is. There it is. So I knew to go walk toward my right at a certain angle rather than toward my left or behind or anywhere else. So that's following your intuitive knowingness. What you know when you tune into spirit, spirit knows everything. So when you tune into spirit, you're going, okay, where's this contact lens? Where's the ring? Where is this? Sometimes the miracle is, it doesn't tell you where it is. If, if you're asking for, you know, I'd like to find it, it guides you to where it might be. But if you ask for it to be returned, oh, it comes to you. You know, it's better than Amazon, home delivery. (laughs) 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 And, and you, you know, most of the times, don't get stuck in whether it's overnight express delivery or, or three takes, days or, it's or a gonna, few weeks. Or it takes a few weeks. When you let it go, that doesn't matter. Ah, but if it's like that man's speech, it's a time deadline thing. He had to give the speech on a certain date. He only had one day before the speech. So, of course, he did get his speech back. He got a better version of his speech back. Well, yet again, we've come to the end of our show, and there's so much more to talk about. Thank you for joining us today for this show. We love spending this time with all of you. Join us again next Wednesday for our sure-to-be-fun episode, Miracles. Let me say that again. Miracles with animals. Every animal lover knows how miraculous animals can be. We'll share some of the miracles we've been privy to with our animal friends and others we know about from our friends. We'll, of course, continue with how we can have more miracles in our lives every day. Remember, too, you can join us on Saturday, March 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on your telephone for our teleclass on your clairsentience, sorting out what you feel. For details and to sign up, go to our website events listing for March 2020. You can also sign up by calling our office at 1-530-926-2650 and talk to our wonderful assistant, Noel. Hope you can join us in class. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week, and again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.